Hi everyone, welcome back to my channel, Mariana Thinks Food. I'm really excited to be here today for my first real podcast. I was informed that a minute-long intro was not a real podcast. Thank you, Paco, for that realization. I just wanted to release my voice out there and prep you guys for this episode. I want to start off with giving you a little bit of info about myself. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico, a territory of the U.S. that used to be part of Spain. Uh, I went to college in the States, in continental U.S. I went to Harvard and I studied government. Uh, there I also took a course and also worked for a course called Science and Cooking, where I was fortunate enough to meet Ferran Adria, the chef of El Bulli, and I managed to convince him to give me a job. And I moved to Barcelona on a whim and started working for El Bulli Foundation. I was there for about a year, um, creating a taxonomy of food, talking to nutritionists, scientists, chefs, and historians about what is food, where did it appear in history, and what is an innovation? Because Ferran's belief was that you can't know what an innovation is if you don't know what has existed. And I completely subscribe to that idea. Being thrown into this world... I was more sure than ever that I wanted to stay in the food industry. While I was working there, I would bring cookies to the office and the chefs would actually ask me for my recipes. So I thought, this has to be a good idea. And I started researching. And in Cambridge, where I went to school, there was a kitchen incubator where that was pretty rare in 2014. And with a minimal investment, I was able to start a business. I sold cookie care packages across the U.S. in cookie dough to regional vendors. There were ups, there were downs, and overall it was a great experience. But I didn't like the feedback I was getting. I loved the product, I ate the entire box. Not necessarily the impact I want to leave on the world. Giving people sugary foods. I looked for my next steps, and that became consulting. And I was in London for a bit under three years, And then I decided to go get more education, and I went to business school here in Barcelona at IESE. And now, two years later, I, we're at the other side. I have much more knowledge in my brain, but also kind of a realization that my true passion has been and always will be food. And this pandemic has shown us that there are problems in the system. These same problems I've been seeing for years. Where we source our food where we buy our food, how much we need, how to not create waste, how to be healthy, how to strengthen our immune systems. All things that in the past five months, we've had to readjust. And I think that I've learned things along the way that I can share. Um, I'm also a person that asked a ton of questions and have been asking questions, I think, since the moment I was born. And I've researched a lot, so it might not be right for you, uh, but I just want to share what I've learned and where I think there were some things in the future where we can make a bit of a difference. And if at least one person ends up um, being more conscious about what they eat, then my goal is complete. Starting off today's information dissemination, here's our first topic. Healthy eating. What is healthy? We don't really know because we're bombarded by information from every direction saying, this is healthy, this is not. Eat whatever you want in moderation. Everything will be fine. 
But in reality, everything in moderation is not good. Uh, why is that? Because if you have a sugary breakfast and then a really fatty lunch and then a very carb-heavy dinner, then your daily allotment of calories and carbs and fat might be over what your body can handle. So this moderation mindset is actually confusing a lot of people. So I'm going to go back to the basics of saying, what is healthy? Anything healthy is something that provides you nutrients. Your body needs nutrients to survive. The same way as your car needs gas or diesel, you need something to fuel your energy. And to wake up, to move around, to even sleep, you need something there. So wouldn't it be better to eat something that actually fulfills your body's needs rather than just gives you mindless calories? For instance, vegetables. Vegetables have antioxidants, have a a lot of fiber, nutrients. They also contain water that is good for your hydration. Uh, And all these properties help protect your body, help build better muscles, better organs, help you in functioning just optimally. So why would I choose, uh, let's say, a cinnamon bun? which has a lot of calories, maybe about a thousand calories with a lot of sugar that will spike my blood sugar, make my insulin in my body rush and try to mitigate this increase in sugar. So putting extra strain on my body. And then when I go digest this, there's nothing really that can be used to build muscle So whatever isn't burned in that day goes into fat storage. And that's exactly what is the issue now in a lot of places where we're consuming calories that we we do not burn and therefore we create fat and we store that food in our bodies. I don't know about you, but no one's paying me rent to keep all this food stored in my body. It's very inconvenient. You have to carry it around all the time. It's heavy. It makes you slower. And quite frankly, it just doesn't make you feel that great. So why would I do it? Here, I want to give you some tips on eating healthily and staying full so that you can reduce this amount of storage in your body. Diets have always been a hot topic. And there's keto, paleo, vegan. There is a diet for everything. There was even a grapefruit diet in the 90s. It's key to have a lot of fresh food in their natural state or similar to what they were like in the natural state. What specific foods, that is up to you. You need to determine what is good for your body. And that's really hard because you need to listen to your body, you need to pay attention. And especially when you're super busy and you just try to eat for convenience you might not be noticing these cues that your body is telling you and informing you that you shouldn't be eating those things. Maybe you get a headache after eating a lot of sugar or a stomach ache after eating dairy, or you get really tired after a specific lunch. Maybe you're hungry an hour after you have breakfast. These are all things that you should pay attention to and you should know about yourself. If you don't know and you need help, go to a nutritionist, not necessarily your doctor. You need to go to the nutritionist saying, I'm taking these medications and these are certain issues that I have normally, 
But the reason why I wouldn't go to a doctor straight up if you have diet questions is because doctors actually don't have a lot of training in nutrition. At most, they have a day of training their entire medical career. That's unless they decide to have a deep focus in it. While nutritionists spend their entire education and their career honing their craft and also learning. So if you have questions about your diet, please go to a nutritionist. Obviously, everyone doesn't want liability, doesn't want responsibility. So they will say, you need to consult your doctor. And yes, you should if you're taking any medication. But if your question is on your diet, go to the experts. And the experts are nutritionists. Now that you know that it's your sole responsibility to figure out what is good for you, please take the time to do it. No one else can do it for you. What I do suggest is that most of your meals should be vegetables, proteins, and fats. And now I have some tips for you. Eating vegetables. You can eat them fresh, canned, or frozen. Canned have some preservatives in them. If you're eating beans or garbanzos slash chickpeas, please rinse them. That white liquid slash bubbly liquid that is in them is actually not very good for your tummy if you don't want to bloat. So rinse it before cooking or eating it. Frozen vegetables are great because they last a long time. They usually are prepared, sliced, cleaned. My favorites are rice cauliflower and also mushrooms. A bag of mushrooms has a ton of fiber and if you don't have to clean it or chop it and you just put it straight into the pan, it's easy, efficient, and in a few minutes you have a tasty, healthy meal. Lastly, fresh vegetables. I encourage you to explore and find a grocery store that provides good, fresh produce. All vegetables do not taste the same. You might get lucky and have your local grocery store provide very tasty, nutritious vegetables, but sometimes it's a bit harder. I like to go to smaller vendors uh, that have an ethos that say, I'd like to provide naturally grown, locally sourced food. But I also understand that it requires a different price point and some interest. So look for what works for you and your budget, but also figure out that investing in food that is more nutritious, it's actually better for you and it will actually keep you more full. It'll also encourage you to eat more vegetables because you'll realize how tasty they can be and how good for you they are. Now you've decided that you're going to eat more vegetables. Yay you! I empower you to do so. How are you going to buy them? Select foods that look nice, kind of no bruises, kind of look whole. It's pretty basic stuff. But then pricing. In Europe, at least, everything is priced at a per kilogram or per 100 grams. And that allows you to compare prices. Recently, I did a round through grocery stores here in Barcelona to show you how it's actually quite attainable to buy healthy food. I also posted a comparison on my Instagram. At Aldi, you can get a kilogram of zucchini for 99 cents. At Ameger, which is a local store that everything is locally sourced or from Spain, it was 125 euros for a kilogram of zucchini. That is three big zucchinis. 
if you eat that 99 cents or one euro 25 cents of zucchini in one meal, your stomach might burst. I would divide them into three meals or even four, depending. And it's not so expensive. Yes, you can go to McDonald's and get for a dollar or a euro a burger. But is that burger going to give you the nutrients you need to be healthier? Does it have antioxidants? Does it have nutrients? Does it have vitamins? No. So I think it's much cheaper to get a kilogram of zucchini for 99 cents than getting that burger, feeling hungry in an hour, and then possibly having future medical bills because you're not getting enough nutrients and therefore your body is going to short circuit and going to attack itself. And yes, I'm becoming fatalistic, but it's actually really important. The decisions you make every day will affect you in the course of your life. It sounds stupid. It sounds like, Mariana, you're exaggerating. Maybe I'm being a bit hyperbolic. But if every day you make a point of eating things that have more nutrients and have more minerals and actually help your body regenerate, then you'll have fewer issues. It is basic stuff, people. I can understand out there that there are people who cannot afford 99 cents of zucchini for a kilogram for their family. Well, that is also an issue in the system that I will address in future podcasts. Then, But for now, I'm going to earmark that for later. But given that you're listening to this, you probably have a smartphone, you probably have access to a lot of luxuries of life, you can spend a euro or a dollar on zucchini. If you want to know how to prepare them, I'm going to put recipes up on my webpage, marianathinksfood.com. But really, I grind them, I shred them, I also spiralize them and make noodles, I saute them a bit, I put pesto on them, I also put tomato sauce, I put chili flakes. There are a bunch of things that you can do and the zucchini take the flavor of what you put on it. Also, for another pro tip, it might be good to buy things in smaller quantities in the beginning while you figure out what you like, because that way you won't waste any food. If you don't know if you'll like zucchini, don't buy a kilo, just buy a third of a kilo or one zucchini and try it out and then see if you like it. We're not here to waste food. You know, about a third of food generated in the world is wasted yet there are millions of people without food every day. That's another issue for another podcast, and I will talk about it extensively. To sum up the topic of vegetables, eat more of them. Have half of your plate at least be vegetables. Get them frozen, get them canned, get them fresh. If getting them fresh or comparing price, compare by kilogram or by 100 grams. Add a zero and it's a kilogram. Locally sourced is better because from farm to you, it's less time, so fewer chemicals needed to be added along the way. Also, if you have access and can afford organic food, that is ideal. But even for myself, that is uh, difficult to attain. So I try to go for these smaller vendors that focus on good produce, but at a better price because they don't have these expensive certifications saying that they're organic or bio that are not very attainable for a lot of vendors. I also partake in loyalty programs to get discounts and also choose to buy things in different places. So 
for canned goods and frozen goods, I go for bigger supermarkets because they'll have the most variety and also the lowest price. But for fresh vegetables, I go to local vendors. If you don't have the time or the interest to do this, by all means, but if you are a bit more cash strapped and you want to get the most bang for your buck, divide your grocery orders between things that are long lasting and things that are fresher. You could also do a long lasting shop once a month and then do fresher things once a week. Or if you are more than one person at home and need the space and this whole Europe thing where the fridge is super tiny and there's no storage, you could go once every two weeks to a bigger vendor and then a couple times a week to the fresher one that you might have one on your corner. So that's super convenient here. In the US, it's not that common. I remember I'd had to go drive in a car to go to the grocery store or go to Whole Foods where every single purchase was like $50 at a minimum. So I kind of appreciate the fact that there are little vendors here on the street where you could get really nice produce. Now that you've decided to eat more vegetables and you've gone out to buy them, how do you store them? Onions, garlic, tomatoes, keep at room temperature. Tomatoes get grainy if you leave them in the fridge for too long. There are other red vegetables you can keep in the fridge. Obviously, it depends on your space. I personally like to keep them in the fridge so they'll last longer. Um, Also depends on where you live. I grew up in Puerto Rico. It's a tropical island. We kept everything in the fridge, aside from avocados that we wanted to get ripe and bananas because they turned black. Everything else in the fridge because there were a lot of bugs. In milder climates like here in Spain and in the UK, you can keep a lot of the stuff out of the fridge. You keep them in a bowl on the kitchen table. It's also a really nice bouquet and you have extra storage because small fridges, ugh, it sucks. My fridge usually looks like I'm playing Jenga. It's so full, which not very good, not safe serve certified. I encourage you to keep some space in your fridge. In the future, I will get a bigger fridge, but first I need to get an apartment. So baby steps, people. I will follow my own rules one day. Enough about me. You've decided to eat more vegetables. You've purchased more vegetables. You're storing them in an appropriate manner, not like me in my Jenga fridge. Now you have to cook. Well, you don't have to cook. You can eat them raw if you'd like. You can make a salad. But if you decide to cook, I recommend going on Pinterest and looking for vegan or vegetarian recipes. Not that you're only going to eat vegan or vegetarian food. You can always add fish or poultry or meat to it. But people who only eat vegetables have a really interesting take on what to do with them. This goes back to my expert mentality. If someone has one focus, they probably get pretty good at it. Think about it this way. When you go to a seafood restaurant, you order seafood. If you know you want a salad, you go to a salad place. I think the same with recipe writing. I try to go for people who have a ton of recipes in one domain and a strength, whether it be French cooking or Italian cooking or Thai. If you're looking for a recipe and don't want to research too much, just look for people who have continuous success in one kind of food or one domain, and then you're more likely than not to get a better recipe. Also, cook with the stuff that you have in your kitchen, buy a ton of spices, and 
experiment. Spices are not that expensive. Obviously, if you're buying saffron by the pound or the kilo, um, it'll be expensive, but not a lot of recipes call for saffron. People on the internet tend to be pretty thrifty. Buy spices in small quantities if you don't know if you like them. Buying huge containers of spices might seem cost efficient, but actually they expire. And if you don't use it all, then you're wasting food. So although it might be more expensive, buy smaller quantities, test it out. If you use the whole thing within six months, then maybe it's worth investing in bigger containers. But realistically, just keep the smaller ones, less space, and you can keep your kitchen tidy. Marie Kondo would be proud. I've just thrown at you a lot of information. I'm going to keep it at this length. Uh, please let me know if you want longer, shorter, less dense, more fluff uh, podcasts. I'm learning as I go, so I really appreciate your feedback. Constructive criticism, please. But this concludes this episode. Thank you for sticking with me for through my bio, through talking about vegetables, how to source them. Future episodes will address proteins and fats, what makes them good for us, how much we should be eating, where should we source them from, and what good quality looks like. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to having you in my podcast audience in the future.